fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. We are setting the table today with sourdough. Our guest is Stephanie Carlson of So No Sourdough, a sourdough bakery in South Knoxville, Tennessee. Stephanie had no plans of ever becoming a baker, and today we'll hear about how she got into this line of work, where her starter came from, some of her products, and how she equips the community to bake sourdough for themselves. Also on today's program, in Fred Sossman's Potluck Radio series, he features novelist Adriana Trijani on culinary cultures. And we've pulled up another chair to this big Tennessee table here. Jessica Carr, owner of Girls Gotta Eat Good, Knoxville's first Asian bakery, is our guest interviewer today with So No Sourdough. I'm really excited to welcome Jessica Carr on board here at the Tennessee Farm Table, helping to interview Knoxville food makers. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for tuning in today by podcast or radio. I'm so glad to have your good company here today, and I sure hope you're having a good day today. So No Sourdough is a business created by Stephanie Carlson, and the community has embraced her sourdough bread, focaccia, bagels, and English muffins. This is not a brick-and-mortar business. Rather, Stephanie makes weekly bread drops at locations in Knoxville, and all of her products are on pre-order. She has a five-star rating, and the community looks forward to these weekly bread drops. And, as mentioned, Jessica Carr is our guest interviewer today. She sat down with Stephanie to get this story. Can you describe your business? Yeah, I am a woman-owned sourdough bakery. Uh, I specialize in sourdough goods only. Um, And I make uh, bagels, loaves of bread, English muffins, focaccia, and sometimes pretzels. That's awesome. So how did you start making sourdough? So it's kind of a random journey. I I got the sourdough starter from my friend Brian back in like 2018 
And at the time, I was, like, way too scared to use it. I was intimidated by sourdough starter. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, in fact, I know a lot of people can relate to that because they tell me that all the time. Um, so I basically just fed the starter once a week and kept it in the fridge just to keep it alive in case I ever wanted to dabble. And um, at the time, I was working a 9-to-5 job, and I decided to stop doing that and pursue my own business and entrepreneurial spirit. I started uh, randomly just copywriting and copy editing and tried to start a business doing that. Um, and I did that for a little while uh, before somebody that I was connected uh, with through my past life uh, in water quality, she asked me if I wanted to be a consultant for an engineering firm, which was great. And so I got to work from home and I was, you know, working, doing all this remote work. And then the pandemic hit which was tough because all of our clients were municipal and when the pandemic hit a lot of municipalities and government bodies just kind of shut down and so we lost the work um so then i decided to get the starter out of the fridge and try and try and that's basically how my sourdough journey started um, did you do any kind of bread making before that no, I actually don't really like baking at all. Uh, this is the only kind of baking I like. I am, I don't try to do cookies or cakes or pastries uh, or pie dough or anything like that. Um, this is the only type of baking that actually makes sense to me. And mm. sourdough is different than uh, yeasted dough, which mm. is either with baker's yeast or commercial yeast, which is a lot of what you find in the stores. So sourdough, for some reason, just made sense to me. It's kind of a science. It is a science, and uh, along with an art. And I just kind of became obsessed with it and realized a passion I didn't know I had for making this type of food. Because I like to cook, mm -hmm. but I never liked to bake because it was so calculated. Yeah. But for some reason, this one just, like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you've also, like, managed to find a, like, niche market in Knoxville like, before I tried your sourdough, I can't think of another local person that was making it, like, fresh. Yeah, there are a few sourdough bakers in town. Um, a few of them have really been an inspiration to me, and they are really good at their craft. Um, I never really ate or sought out sourdough to begin with, either. I didn't really under I never really ate that much bread, and sourdough fell into that category. But sourdough is so much different. It's mm. easier around your stomach. It is uh, basically there's no preservatives. Yeah, I think I kind of found my little pocket of doing something unique in. There aren't a lot of bagel places, and there's definitely well, as far as I know, nobody's making English muffins, and mm. I just started doing that, and I'm. I'm low-key obsessed with them. Like, I don't even want to eat my other things anymore. I only want to <laughs> eat English muffins. <laughs> That's awesome. So, can you describe two to three of your most popular products that you make? Yeah, uh, definitely the... I have a limited quantity that I offer each week for my bread drops. And I always sell out of loaves of bread. And I always sell out of bagels. Or I did until I started offering English muffins. And now... Bagels and English muffins are kind of rivaling in, like, the top. Mm -hmm. um, those are for my bread drops. At markets, focaccia is usually sold out, like, before anything else. Um, I wish I could offer more loaves of bread, but I just don't have the capacity to make loaves. Mm -hmm. um, so bagels and English muffins, I think I think other people also do loaves better than I do. I, if I, I've 
only get loaves of bread from other bakers. I barely eat my own um, because I just think that there's a lot more creativity from the other bakers in town. So I'd say bagels and English muffins on a weekly basis sell out for sure. Can you describe some of your flavors? I've personally had some of your focaccia that have been like the best flavor combinations. Yeah. One of my favorites is the garlic and rosemary focaccia yeah. that you make. So can you describe some of the other flavor combinations that you've done? Yeah, the garlic rosemary is always on the ticket at markets. It's like everyone's number one, I think. That's the first flavor I sell out. Unless I have the grape feta walnut, yes. which is, I know you like that one. Um, and I just did a, I guess I've been dabbling in fruit, because um, I just did a strawberry, what was it? Strawberry feta honey, which was like on the sweeter side. I don't usually do the sweet focaccias, but that one was really good. And then I have chana masala, which um, chana masala is an Indian dish that's made with chickpeas. And so I toss chickpeas in uh, garam masala and mm-hmm. turmeric. And add that, add the chickpeas with tomato and onion to the focaccia. And then when it comes out, I add lemon juice or like I squeeze lemon juice on it and add cilantro. And it tastes like, it's like the heartiest like mashup of Italian Indian mm-hmm. food that I've ever had at least. I have a friend that is obsessed with that flavor. <laughs> and every time you're at a market, she's like, does she have that? Does she have that focaccia? Because yeah. I'm going to buy all of it. <laughs> Are there any family recipes that you use or a recipe that you would like to share with us? So not really with the family recipes. I didn't really grow up learning how to cook or bake. There's like one recipe I do every year because my family makes me and it is a sour cream coffee cake. Mm. Um, And the filling in that coffee cake is made of brown sugar, cinnamon, butter, and uh, walnuts. And so the closest I've come to using a family recipe in my sourdough goods is using that, making that filling and filling bagels with it. Mm. And those are like really good, but I do, I need to practice the shaping a little bit more because they just like, they were ugly, but they always taste good. So that's like the closest I come to the, the family recipe. Um, I have some Armenian in my blood. And so I've been dabbling with this Armenian flatbread. It's called Mat Nakash. Which is basically our Armenian version of the Italian focaccia, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. I need to like figure that out because it would be really cool to incorporate that kind of a thing in my recipes. Um, and then the other thing I've been working on is including some of the spent grain from Alliance Brewing and putting that in my loaves. And so far I've done that and it's really, it adds like a good texture mm-hmm. to the bread because I just make white bread. I don't. Um, use all the fancy seeds and all of that because it's intimidating (laughs) and I like the white bread that I make but adding the spent grain gives it like this good texture and makes it taste like it's healthier yeah Um, so I've just been like playing around with that so I'm a baker but I'm still not fully aware of what all is involved in the sourdough process I know that there's a starter and then you feed the starter But other than that, I have no idea. So can you describe that process for us? Yeah, I'll I'll try. I'll probably oversimplify it. I know I'll oversimplify it because it's incredibly nuanced and complicated. But basically, yeah, the starter is the leavening agent. And in other breads, it could be the baker's Easter commercial yeast that I mentioned. It could be baking powder Mm -hmm. um, or baking soda. I get the two confused. That's why I don't use it. Um, So the starter is made of flour and water and you feed that. And when, 
when it's ready to be added to a recipe, it's really bubbly and like jiggly Mm -hmm. and it has a lot of air in it. And that is what is going to translate into the rise that you get in a bread. So when your starter's ready, you add it to the rest of your flour, water, salt. That's the base for everything that I do. Mm. Um, And then depending on the recipe, you add sugar or oil. And the starter goes to work at fermenting the rest of the flour. Mm-hmm. And the thing about sourdough and why it's so, why it's really the only bread I'll eat is because of the fermentation process. Um, from what I've read, there's a lot of research that shows that the fermentation takes out like 90% of the harmful part of gluten. So people with gluten sensitivity, I have a lot of customers that are like, I couldn't eat other bread, but I can eat your bread. I can mm-hmm. eat sourdough and it doesn't hurt me. I'm not saying I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying that somebody who has like celiac disease could just like, hey, give it a shot. Like I would never say that. Mm-hmm. But based on what I, the feedback I've gotten from my customers, they're like, yeah, this is literally the only bread I can eat. And so that digestibility that comes from the slow fermentation process is, I think, the most important part about everything that I do when in terms of sourdough. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Our guest today is Stephanie Carlson, who created Sono Sourdough, a sourdough bakery in South Knoxville, Tennessee. In the second part of this interview, Stephanie shares the process of baking with sourdough, where she got her starter, and how listeners can bake their own sourdough. I think you talked about this a little bit, but how did you get your starter? Um, my friend Brian, he has been, I guess, baking his own bread since, I think I asked him, it was like maybe 2011 or 2012, and started to get interested in sourdough. And so I think he made his starter, and you can do that. You can you can start your own starter with flour and water, and it's a lengthier process of like making sure she's happy. I say she because... Um, starter in other languages is called masa madre. It's like mother flat mother mm, dough. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think he built his starter and then in 2018 he's like, hey, you want to try this? And I was like, uh, sure. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but as long as you feed her, she's happy. <laughs> Just no neglect. It's like having a pet. <laughs> and so are you, are you still using parts of that starter? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's been the same starter the whole time. So I guess she's like Oh, she's like over a decade old now. That's I ins- guess. That is insane. <laughs> <laughs> that is just crazy to me to yeah. think about. And also, you are starting to sell your own sourdough starter, also. So it's like your starter is giving birth to yeah. all of these other yeah. breads. Yeah, I people. A lot of people had been asking me about how to start a starter, or like if they can get some of my starter, and then asking me. How basically how to do it. And I was like, you know, if somebody had a starter kit, like a pun intended, like a starter kit, mm-hmm. um, that could be really cool as like a gift or a gift to yourself. And so around the holidays last year, I, um, I offered the starter kit and it can't, it comes, I still have it available and it comes with part of my starter. So you'll be receiving Sono Sourdough Starter, like everything that's used in my bread, this is what comes with it. And then you also get 
the uh, jar of flour. So you don't have to run to the store and get specific flour right away if you were to receive this gift. You, you have about five days of feeding with this jar. And then I have instructions and um, support online for it. And so people have really liked that. And I, I get photos or tags of like, oh, the sourdough starter is doing great. Um, and they show a picture of the bread that they made with it. And it's just like warms my heart because people... If you're if you're interested in trying it, why wouldn't you? That's how I got my chance in mm-hmm. trying all of this, and I'm all about people being able to be creative in their own breads. And if they have some of mine, they're like, you know, this would be good with if if she did this. Well, it's like, well, try it out yourself. <laughs> in addition to the sourdough starter, you also sell a sourdough pizza dough, which is one of my absolute <laughs> favorite things. It has become a staple. In our home, I always get Stephanie's sourdough pizza dough and have a pizza night and just make pizza. And so this, all of this like involves people going home and baking themselves. So why did you want to incorporate that into your business? Yeah, the pizza dough is uh, a really fun thing to do. We, I always make one extra so that we have uh, pizza nights weekly as well when I make everybody else's. Um, Again, I just think it's really cool to be able to offer somebody the opportunity to create with, you know, they might not be able to do it all themselves. And so this is kind of like a jump start into making your own pizza. I'll provide the dough and you get to top it. You can make it into breadsticks, into stromboli. You could make it into calzone. Like you could use it for a lot of different things. I think a lot of people do the pizza, but like I've done, we did little pizza rolls once. So you get to just take it and be creative and... Um, I just think it's a cool learning opportunity and it gives you a chance to uh, it's DIY. Everybody loves the DIY. So. so where can people find your products and what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? So I have my website is sonosourdough.com and that is spelled S-O-K-N-O sourdough. Um, and that's short for, you know, the South, South Knoxville area has been called Sono a lot lately. And I don't even know how that name came about, but it just kind of stuck. And so that's what it is. Sonosourdough.com. That's where the order form is. Um, and I do weekly bread drops at the brewery down the street at Alliance. And so everything's on pre-order. So, you know, you could be at the brewery and want some of the bread that's there but it's already spoken for it's all on pre-order so that's that's one of the ways to get it and i also do at least one market a month generally the old severe market which is set on the last sunday of every month generally speaking except for november and december because thanksgiving and christmas kind of interfere with the last sunday so um and the old severe merchants instagram is a good way to find out when those markets are and usually it's 25 to 30 vendors or more each time so that's another really cool thing is i get to be around a lot of other makers and vendors including you and other bakers and it's just like the best time it's the best (laughs) and you you also help organize the old severe market and you have done a really great job of using that market as a stepping stone for other makers. So why was that important for you to do? Well, it kind of just goes back to if you're not given the chance, then how will you know? And if nobody gave me the chance and my chance was the starter to begin with, and then 
putting my bread out there and people liked it, if I didn't have a place to do that, then I would have never known where I'd be right now with that bakery. Maybe the bakery wouldn't even be a thing anymore. And so, yeah, the market is definitely a stepping stone. Um, it is basically filled on a first come first serve basis. I don't curate it for the most part. Um, because if you're, if you're told no one time, that you should try again with this market because uh, you don't, it's one month at a time. It resets every month. And I think that's a really important thing. And I've had other vendors tell me, you know, I couldn't get into this 2022 market. So I thought I could not, I could not vend, you know, anywhere. But our market in Old Severe gives people an opportunity to, whoever's fastest at checking their email, that's basically <laughs> who gets in. And is there is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you would like to share? I think the main thing I really like to tell people is, you know, there's this whole movement towards slow, back to slow food and handmade food and how important it is to, to support the local food makers and bakers in your community because it's not just their livelihood. You're also doing your body a favor by eating foods that are created with whole ingredients and very none if or very little processed ingredients and so you're supporting your your local you're supporting your neighbors and you're helping your body and it's just like a really good way to connect on both of those fronts so I don't know. It's been super fun. I never thought I would be a baker ever in my <laughs> life. And I think it's still, I tell my parents and it blows their mind. But <laughs> and it, it's funny that you say that because I think that a lot of people have this stereotype in their head of what a baker is. And they picture like a little, like a sweet lady with a little heart <laughs> apron and like a very cute and cuddly person who's like taking fresh baked cookies out of the oven like like a Betty Crocker type yeah, of person yeah. and I love that you like set up at breweries <laughs> and you're and you're you can tell that you're super passionate about your stuff but you're not afraid to kind of like be a like a strong person and I thought that that was like so refreshing to see in a baker oh, thank you I would have to say the same about you we're we're go-getters and we're gritty, and I think that a lot of bakers in this town are. It's what makes Knoxville so amazing. It's just, like, the amount of sheer grit and entrepreneurial spirit that people here have, and it's really inspiring. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Our guest today has been Stephanie Carlson, who created So No Sourdough, a sourdough bakery in South Knoxville, Tennessee. Our guest interviewer today has been Jessica Carr, owner of Girls Gotta Eat Good, which is Knoxville's first Asian bakery. These two women work together and support one another and are part of a thriving baking community in Knoxville. I've placed links to Sono Sourdough and all of the guests of this show on my website, tennesseefarmtable.com. And a note, Sono Sourdough and Girls Gotta Eat Good do not advertise on this show. Up next is Fred Sossman's Potluck Radio Series with novelist Adriana Trigiani on culinary cultures. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Sossman. 
When novelist Adriana Trigiani and her Italian-American family moved from Pennsylvania to Big Stone Gap, Virginia, there were some cultural adjustments, especially at Big Stone Gap Elementary School. You know, we were all excited because they said we were having spaghetti, and so this meant we were going to have Italian, which we were very thrilled about. So we go into the cafeteria, and the noodles were very short. That was the first thing. They were shaped like spaghetti, but they were so boiled you could see through them. Al dente was not in the lexicon, and they were rinsed, which we never do. We strain them and get all the liquid off of them, but if you rinse your noodles after you've boiled them, it takes the flavor out, and then they don't hold the sauce. You want them hot to hold the sauce. And my mother talks about, in her family, it was al chuto, which meant more dry, but it, it would just hold that sauce and kind of make a drier thing. Okay, well, we get to the cafeteria, and it's like spaghetti day. And so it's these noodles boiled till they're transparent, and on top of it was basically chili. It had nothing to do with spaghetti as we knew it. And so we tried to tell the kids, well, this isn't really exactly what it is. And then through the years, enough people came over and ate that they got the gist of what real Italian food was. Now, my grandmother, when she got out of her car in Big Stone Gap for the first time, said, you know, it's very pretty here, but I can't live in a place where they don't make cheese. She would get fresh ricotta, like when it was made, and mozzarella and the knots right near her house in Pennsylvania. So we had to really improvise. Cheese was the big one. We froze grated cheese that we brought down. My mother would portion that out. And my grandmother, we never used tomatoes from a can. She canned enough tomatoes from summer to summer for her four children. Adriana Trajani's parents loved Southwest Virginia and never left it. I'm Fred Saussman. This is Stephanie Carlson of Sono Sourdough, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song, for updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording. Connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.